Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnotthaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Let me just start with this. You know how radio stations, they, when they fire someone, they... <clears throat> they put all their stuff in a box yeah, and they put all their belongings outside the front door of the studio because they know that if you are fired from a radio station, you're going to say terrible stuff on the air. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know, you know that. About Oh, yeah, no, that's how they do it. That's just, that's protocol. That's how you get fired from a radio station. They leave your stuff in a box. You show up to work. You find out the day of because they don't want you saying terrible stuff about the the station on the air to all the listeners. Really? That's how it works, right? That's how the presidency of the United States should be. Uh, you should just show up just and because you can do too much damage in the last couple months. They should change the locks to the White House. But it never change the passwords a, to the Oval it, Office. It should be put a new all rule your junk in a box. There should be a new rule because huh? it used to be that they would go, okay. This is the person that wants, I'm going to help you because America's more important than the smallest penis. What a tiny little dick I must have. <laughs> um, he must say to himself all the days. But he, uh, you know, never before, always it was like, okay, this was America's will, so I'm going to help you whether I agree with you or not. I'm going to help you. Obama did that. I think you're a lunatic and you're bad for the country, but this is what they want, so I'll help you giving you the security right. briefings, all that stuff. I'm not going to try and fuck things up for you on purpose. This guy absolutely is, and I'm opening with that tonight because I this is my first comedy I've done since the election. And so yeah. I'm going to just talk, not, not what you just said. I just open with your bit. You know what they should do? They should put a box of the guy's stuff out. <laughs> and it, I can't with this myself, but if anybody else gets on stage who does a podcast that I've been on a lot. Okay, then he took it for me, all right? TM. This is TM, TJ Miller's trademark. Um, that's the TM stands for. Uh, no, I want to get up and talk about how I don't care about your politics. I don't care how you voted, but Donald Trump, I feel bad for him because he has the smallest penis of all, I think. And he has a tiny one. And then I'm going to just discuss with, I'm going to be like, there are some men in here that would like to have a larger penis. I'm one of them, okay? 
And there's some guys in here that may have an average size penis. There, there may be a few guys in here who they have a small penis or they think, but no one in here has a tiny penis. And the current president of the United States has a tiny one. It's been written about. A porn star wrote about how it looks like a little mushroom cap. And it's tiny, and something's wrong with him, and it's the reason I feel bad for him because he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, which is what you should do both of those if you have a teeny tiny, you know, a micro baby. And, and you've got to, you know, you got, you're, he just eats candy and watches TV all day looking for when the, what they're going to say about him. And there's this great documentary. Have you seen The Social Dilemma? I've uh, talked to a lot of people. Yeah, about I would it. watch it. It sounds like I'd it. Watch it, it sounds like it's. I would watch it tonight. It sounds like they took everything I've been saying for the last three years and put it in a movie. Well, I, I don't want to. I'm not taking credit for the movie. I I don't want to upset you, but I know the documentary makers, and they asked me, you know, for an idea for a documentary. I just took everything you've been saying for the last three years. <laughs> I kind of gave it to them. I said, this is TM. This is trademark. This is TM. TJ right. Miller. This is TM, right. TM. But I understand that, that, that the premise is that everything we're doing um, is uh, we're not living anymore. We're, we're experiencing a show where we want to get thumbs up all the time. No, social that's, media. that's a component of it. It's, it's about micro yeah. manipulation. So you should watch it immediately because it'll give and you micro and the micro penis too. Is that kind of well, does that that's come to more play? my take. I'm working on a documentary okay. about that, <laughs> but that's how I'm going to kind of open up the whole thing. It's sort of an, and it's sort of a sidebar that you've taken it in that direction. Is that what you're saying? I'm hoping everybody is enjoying the audio quality because we're trying a new thing where I don't have to be in front of a microphone. I'm using my uh, Airpods, and uh, well, it actually allows me thing. to walk and, away and kind of be over here. And well, do the funky chicken. Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing. Oh yeah. Um, and now I'm, back. I'm. I'm thinking. You know, we're we're gonna have the the microphone when you get back to to New York. We're gonna have the better quality, but this is better than nothing. This is gonna be our holiday. Uh, I, I I believe this will be aired um, uh, Thanksgiving week, which um, is a holiday episode, and most people don't even put out a holiday episode. So let's just <laughs> consider this a bonus. <laughs> You know, let's no, do, it's true. Most people does, are dark. Everybody does the thing, but we'll do a special Thanksgiving classic pod. We're doing that one right yeah. after this. Yeah, but we got to catch up. So here's the other thing um, about the Oval Office, the presidential situation. Would you want to work with him the next two months with him pouting, eating a shitload of candy, uh, sitting in front of the TV? No, that's why I believe that a lot of people are going to act like they have the coronavirus in the next two months so that they can have an excuse to not uh, have to deal with him. That's a great like, point. It, a lot of people are going to say, test perfect, positive. I'm so sorry. I can't come into work. Yes. Yeah, so sorry. That's I can't great. be at work for three weeks. Um, like, because... That's great. It, be, it, that's really that's, completely... that's brilliant. I bet you we do see that's now they should do a documentary on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is untenable to be working with someone as depressed as he seems to be and as unhinged yeah. as he seems to be. That would be untenable. You know? It would be the worst possible thing that you could have happen because He's already impossible to work with, but at least you had a job and you knew that you would continue to have a job at least for a little while longer. And, you know, now he's just this monster. I mean, he's actually, truly 
for real is a monster. And well, I don't know. I mean, let me just yeah. say too, like let's let's just and everybody. Let's just, I, I think it's also interesting that everybody. Sorry to interrupt. That everyone there who's getting fired, like that blonde. What's her name? Like Kaylee McEnany or Kaylee McElhaney or something. All of those people mm -hmm. will not have a job again. Maybe they could like do speeches to Trump people or something. I, I don't quite understand how that would work. But maybe she could say, I worked intimately with Donald Trump, and so I want to tell you guys about media relations. So maybe something like that. But no job in politics. I mean, they'll never. she'll never be a spokesperson. Any of that stuff. So Mike, Mike Pence will never have a job again. I mean, these people. No, no, no. They'll, 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 I think you're. I, I, they'll, they'll all have jobs. I, really? I, yeah, they, they'll all have jobs. Why? They're, because they're not. This isn't going to cost them having jobs. They're going to. Not in the still something. Uh, I there's going to be enough. Look, it's still. Um, you know. It is true that half the country still, still voted for him. This, yeah, the Senate is still this, there's still going to be more Republican senators, all that good stuff. And look, I'm not even I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. And um, there was a lot of consternation. Right. I, heard, I heard about this, that you're a consternatic. Yeah, there was they made a documentary about how you're autocratic. But you're not me, democratic. You're not Republican. You're autocratic. Right. But here's the thing. Um, I don't I, I don't really. Yeah, I don't really. um have I'm not in either party, but the bottom line is, all I wanted here, and I understand that people. There's a lot of consternation about the amount of people that voted for Trump. How could they still do that? They like those policies. Some of them. Some of them are, are willing to look the other way on his behavior, and then they agree with the policies. And I get that. I don't have a big problem with that. Right. If you if you agree with the Republican policies. Um, voting Republican down the line. There are people that do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But my, um, the thing that I felt the day that it got, you know, the day that it became official was, well, I'm just I, relieved. No, let me let me finish. I I just don't want to have a president that feels comfortable publicly making fun of disabled people, right? That kind of thing. Like I just felt embarrassed. I think he he's it, it has nothing to do with the policies. It has to do with just having a figurehead that represents your country that you don't feel ashamed of. That's all. Well, and it's a PR issue at at the most macro level in the sense that you know people are and I agree. I I understand why. But that's not allowed to ask, right? That's no, not allowed to ask I, to ask for a president that would not make fun of retarded people. That's that's I, not allowed. I think there's a lot. It's a PR problem. That seems like a low bar. It's, yeah, it is low bar. Um, you know, a lot of people are um, – look, I get – okay, so it's a PR problem on a macro level because it makes the United States look like what it's not. So, again, like we – with the Electoral College, we're sort of a country governed by a minority rather than a majority. Um he makes the country look like it's stupid and one-dimensional and blustering and boisterous and, you know, arrogant and just all, every bad thing that you could come up to say with him about him. But I think also that uh, um, he, 
you know, okay, people like his policies. I actually understand why people voted for him on a different level, of on a level that's like, I don't want Mexicans in the country. I don't want people taking our jobs. I don't feel like any of the Democratic Party is talking to me or has done anything for me. I don't think Obama did anything. I don't think Hillary Clinton would do anything. So why do I care if they, you know, if this guy's an asshole, Joe Biden's not going to do anything for me. And I understand why Republicans vote not for themselves, but for who they think they'll be. So they say, well, in three years, I'm going to be making $100,000. So I need my taxes down or my 401k is going to be huge if the stock market continues this direction. What I don't think is healthy and I think is sad, it doesn't anger me, it's sad, is that some of these people are voting for them because they're saying, I like that this makes the other side angry. I like that this pisses them off, and I don't have any other way to get back at these trust fund, college student, liberal, went to college, work in event planning and tech and finance, and there's no way for me to get back at them for the fact that they just were luckier than I was. You can say, oh, well, those people worked harder, but they they had some things, uh, you know, that contributed to it uh, that didn't have anything to do with them. And so what's sad is that they, I just think that's sad because what they don't realize is that the, the government wants, the government that's being installed wants something more for them. Trump doesn't. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care. And that's obvious, not to us because of social media or a biased media, just because of the way that he talks and what he does. It's not real. He doesn't really want to help these people. And it's just, he, it's, it's so clear to see through him, but that's the thing. Why did anybody buy snake oil? Why do con men work for a living? Because there are people to be con. And... What's tough, well, what's and, tough and, with them is that they don't understand that the Democratic Party wants a strong middle class. They want universal health care. They want more jobs, right? They want social programs. That They want an education system that benefits everybody. It's so bizarre to have a party for the people. Not, and it's really been exposed that the Republican Party is really just about certain people. That's all they, they're about. And then I think there is something that's come to light. I don't believe in all this shit where it's like white supremacists and racists and there's all this systemic racism. We need police reform. There are racist issues, racism issues that need to be eradicated and dealt with. But it was really bad to say, oh, all white people are racist, even if you know it or not. And it's like, that's just not true. And so there are a lot of people that just... You know, I actually think, Kate and I disagree, but I think Tucker Carlson, if you ever watch his show, um, he's like those people but smart instead of Donald Trump. So he says things like, and I agree with this, he says things like the Democratic Party is not making room for people who want to say, hey, black lives matter, yes, but all lives matter, blue lives matter. If they say things like that, then immediately the liberal media or the other side will say, well, you're being racist, you're not being sensitive. 
And he said, you know, there are people that feel left behind but also feel silenced. They don't feel like they can say what's really on their minds because it's not PC. And so that's, that's, that's what's happening. I think that's what's happened. And the social dilemma does a great job of saying how social media and the Internet and YouTube and all that has um, contributed to, to that. But I do think that the media skews liberal and that people don't feel like, and that's why I think the polls are wrong, because you're not you're not allowed to say out loud, "Hey, I love Donald Trump, and I I don't give a shit about Black Lives Matters," which is the case for a lot of people in rural America who don't know any black people, who just hear about the violence on television and can't extrapolate anything more than, "Wow, New York and Portland and stuff are really violent." That's it. Those are the people that live in in where I'm going, in Wyoming, Michigan, and, um, you know, Coffeyville, uh, Kansas. And th- those, it's a huge portion of the United States that is kind of going Coffeeville? doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Coffeeville. Yeah, they, I hear they have a great, they have a great blend. They have a great latte. People. There's a <laughs> latte, different types there's of a coffee latte. there. Coffee. There's a latte, different amounts of people, and there's a great blend of people. Here? Did you hear me make a bad pun and then mispronounce coffee? I said, there's a latte people there in co- drinking coffee. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. You know, they really, when they go to work, they really are able to grind it out. And I but, feel like, it, in, yeah, they, they grind. They're grinders. You, you know? know, and a lot of the people think their problems don't amount to a hill of beans, you know, but it's just not the case, you know. <laughs> it's just they – I'll have oat milk if you've got it. If yeah. not almond milk, I ran. I just yeah. I ran I mean, out of references. I just went into it. Some 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 people no. Some people think that the mix there is about half and half. Yeah, because that's what they like inside in Coffeeville. But but it's not half and half really. Yeah, it ends up being ultimately a very splendid place to live. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah. that's that's my opinion on why. This is happening, and why for many people Donald Trump is like, who cares? And I, I was wrong when he said, "I'll grab him by the pussy," and I was like, "Oh man, he's done. That's like deep shit." Right. But now I, I thought, you know, for most people, for most, for most, for most candidates, that's usually not a positive moment in terms of getting more votes. But what, but, what uh, was interesting for him, you know, he's uh, yeah. What was interesting is just that he's. I don't know. I mean, I, he really had his pulse on a great portion of America by saying that, basically by saying that, um, you know, this is just locker room talk. And I was like, he can't just shrug it off yeah. like that. But I now I understand that in America, and the more I travel in America, the more I understand it, in America – you know, when a, a husband and wife are walking down the street, you know, he'll turn to his wife and go, whoa, look at the jugs on that one, right? Look at her jugs. Those are a couple of Winnebago's. And the wife is sort of like, ugh, shut up, Jerry. You're such a dick. And that's it. So, he, that, you know, grab him by the pussy is not a deal Wait, let me breaker. get this right. you are you trying to say that you don't say stuff like that when you're walking down the street with Kate? No, I'll I'll turn to other guys and I'll say, "Wish there were some jugs on that one," and point to Kate. <laughs> no, I would never. I never. I mean, um, never in a million. You know, in our next, 
In our next episode, we're, we're going to have a triple banger about things that you shouldn't say to to girls. And uh, that's going to be in our next segment or our next episode. But the let holiday, me just say the Thanksgiving special, giving thanks yeah, this, for this every special. single one of the 12 and even part of the half. That's right. Thanksgiving. And, you know, this year, thanks. And we've talked living. We're, this 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 holiday too. This Thanksgiving, we're not going to be eating um, turkeys as we did in previous years. You guys are talked about. We're going to eat seagulls. No, we're going to be eating seagulls. <laughs> right, we've decided say, to go. Say this, say this for the big stuff. Seagulls filled with fries. But the other thing I wanted to say was that day. Did I? Did I? Um, did I send you? Did you see the picture of my kids celebrating yeah, on the top yeah, of the yeah, car? We went. To Kate. Yeah. We went. We went down. We went to. Uh, we went to Hollywood and just did a sort of a drive-through parade and the kids had signs. And I got to tell you that day felt like, I really do love America. We always joke about it, but I, I really do love America. Yeah, me too. And I love, I and, I, and I really get a kick out of the 4th of July. And this year I felt like 4th of July felt so sad. And it, you know, we're all quarantining. We've got this president that doesn't seem to care yeah. about people's health. And there's a lot of different aspects of why I felt sad this 4th of July, but it was the worst Fourth of July I've had in my lifetime. And Saturday, when they made that announcement that it was official, it felt like the Fourth of July. Everybody was out with flags, and everybody was driving around, yeah. honking their horns. My kids were hanging out on the sunroof with signs. I mean, it was really like um, it felt really good. It really was like you didn't realize how, the burden that this guy, the strain that this yeah. guy is putting on us in terms of dividing us, because. I have a lot of friends that are Republicans that I really like, and I'm and they're good people. And there's and he is the one dividing us. It doesn't need to be this way. Yeah. It really doesn't. Well, I, we can is, disagree about the policies. We can disagree about the policies. It's just that this particular guy is making our country look and feel terrible. Yeah. And I just felt like it was. I felt like we were like free. It, it, it was yeah, great. It's a great. Well, so when, what did you tell your? Do your sons know how awful he is? Have you talked about that the last four years? Yeah, I mean they're watching probably too much um, HBO with my wife once in a while <laughs> late at night, so they're getting a lot of like you know John Oliver yeah, takes that kind of thing. We just watched him That's why, Bill Maher last night. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's. Probably not, not ideal. That they're Just like a few too many f bombs. If you know what I yeah, fucking mean. Like, when does this Trump impression where he like does the Proud Boys? How did what did Trump say about the Proud Boys? He like when was like this is Fox News. This is Win Levy, Fox News, and he starts does this like this whole spiel where he acts like he's Trump. I, I mean, it's like I can't he's interviewing Trump. He's 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 interviewing Trump, but then he plays the part of Trump and he goes back and forth. It is he we laugh, so he keeps doing it. You I know, can't, I, mean, I can't, I you know, can't. Yeah, but I, I can't wait to um, see it. So they, in so any they event, know, they know, they know what's and, going on. They really were like uh, thrilled too, and we just went out and celebrated, and um, you know. It, yeah, it was a great it's day. It's great. Well, so, so what Kate, Kate and I, I was, I just wasn't gonna do that. Um, uh, um, you know, I just this is the casual part of the episode, right? It's there. a casual part of the episode. <laughs> uh, I just wasn't going to uh, have. I wasn't gonna take the chance. So that's why I took Kate out of the country. I just said, I cannot, mm -hmm. and you know, she said, of course, when it finally came around, 
it would have been great to be in New York. And I'll, so I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But um, it was a very, uh, it was a very concentrated decision for me to get her out of there. And I said to everybody, I said, on, on November 3rd, there's not going to be any final decision. So what I want all of us to do is just not talk about politics for a, a lot. We arrived to St. Bart's, Saint Bartholomew. Um, I'd say November 2nd. And so I just put an absolute moratorium on any and all politics from the 2nd through the whatever, the 5th, or you know, just for a bunch of days. But Tuck the Ruckus came with his wife Cameron, and he eventually, I think when it looked like Biden was going to win, he said that uh, um, he kind of told the other people, because we had two other friends, and they sort of told Kate. So then I started going, why is everybody... Did somebody look at politics? Because we would even go to, we went to dinner and the election results were happening. And so I said, can we just turn around? I'm going to turn around. I don't want to look at the TV. Just because I didn't want it to ruin things while we were there. This but, is exactly the way I was with the Dodgers. We went camping for 10 days and didn't see any of the World Series. Yeah, good. Didn't experience any of it. Same thing. Yeah. Didn't didn't even just know. Just as important. Just as important. And actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and uh, and so <laughs> I, uh, but finally they kind of came around and said, well, it's looking really good for us. So then I called my father and I said, you know, what's going on? They said that he's won. Is this real? Um, and he and I talked about it and he said, no, it's definitely going to happen. It's for sure. And uh, that made me feel a little bit better because I was upset when they all decided to look at the results of the election because it wasn't over at that point. You know, that was on the 6th or something like that. And so we, you know, after I talked to him about, you know, and he said, no, there's no way. But the other thing was he said, Hillary by a landslide. There's no way Trump is going to win, all that stuff. And I know, and I told Kate, the party that you're going to see, the real party, that was a big party because Kate said I, it would have been fun to be there. I said, yeah, but the risk of it going the other way, which it almost did. It was not that far apart. It was not a landslide. It was very I, close. When I went to sleep the night, when I went to sleep election night, um, I assumed Biden had lost. Uh, he was losing in Wisconsin and Michigan, and I just went to sleep very depressed, and I was like, I I, I don't think I don't think that's going to change. And I woke up and it had changed. But yeah. So, so what I, what I had said to her is this: the risk of being there in New York City specifically, right in Manhattan, the risk of being there and him winning would have been psychologically catastrophic. Because what people don't understand is then you go outside, and most human beings don't know what it's like to be around thousands of sad people. You have to think about it from that perspective because we were there. Well, they've never been. They've never been to my show. <laughs> That's a pretty quick brew baker. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. They haven't been to your show, but I've sort of, I've been there when the lockdown happened and the pandemic was real. We weren't there when Trump won, <laughs> but we were there when he did. The, some crazy thing and you just don't understand psychologically the toll of walking in the streets and you just pass by not hundreds but if you're walking for half an hour 45 minutes but thousands of people who are sad 
It's just terrible. Sad and this deal. would have been a sad on a level that was like America's through. This is the end of it. He's going to really try and turn this into a a dictatorship, an autocracy, a fascist country, whatever. And I just said to Kate, I'm just not going to risk that. I just don't want to. And, and I also took her out there to say, you know, no matter which way this goes, we should really think about moving to Amsterdam, which is a big, that would be a huge deal. We'd sort of have to sell our house, which we love and do not want to sell, and move to Amsterdam and be um, in Amsterdam, essentially. And I, I, I think I, I, that I would be amazing. Got a lot of coffee there, too. Oh, boy. I call it the Ville of Coffee. Coffeeville! Uh, no, it's, uh, it, you know, it would be a career move for her and something that I could do and I think would be a life experience for both of us because I don't know if you know this, but I am very famous in Scandinavia. And so I could work in Scandinavia and the Netherlands and Europe and try and kind of build my presence there. And she's very famous in uh, the south of France and her best friend lives in Amsterdam and so there's just a lot that would be great about it, in my opinion. So I wanted to bring that up to her when we weren't in New York. So that's the real reason I took her to St. Barth's. And then, of course, we were drunk when I told her, and she thought I had just decided this is what's going to happen. And, you know, it didn't go. But it was, there was no way it was going to go perfectly, you know. And, but she had, has had some really good points about maybe moving to where her father lives or... Um, moving, uh, you know, to rent an apartment in New York City. She, she's had a lot of good input with it. But my feeling is, if this pandemic continues, I just, it's, and we may have talked about this, and tell me if we have, but just, it's about the narrative. It's about, in a lot of ways, you go, you want to be at the end of this going, what did I do? And you, you're doing this with the campaign. You want your kids to say, not say it was the worst time of my life when I didn't get to see you know, play sports, you want them to say, yeah, I didn't get it, but I saw 26 bears, you know? And you want them to say, I really learned how to live in the wilderness during that time. And my point for Kate is, I think, you know, instead of saying we got into a level of debt that we couldn't get out of for a decade, I think it would be better to say, and so we moved to Amsterdam. We lived there, and we saw what that was like, and we had a kid out there, and he has Dutch citizenship, and that's the deal, you know? And... um Anyway, so that's that's kind of what's in mind. So how did it go over? How, where where are you with that? Well, she, you know, I had been thinking about it for a month and a half, and I kept it a secret right. from her. Uh, but I think she's just trying to take it in, and it made her really sad. You know, there was a lot of crying, mostly by me, and uh, because no, she sort of like it, sort of like at my show, not crying. What if should the brew baker? Uh, that's called a reverse brew baker. That's you clap yeah. really fast and then you slow down. It's the reverse. Uh, the reverse yeah. brew baker. We got it. That needs to be a. Uh, that needs right. to be on the camera. Yeah, but, but go ahead. That has to be. Yeah. No, 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 no. You say you say your. Uh, no, no. You say your last line. That's sort of like people how they respond at my comedy show. Wait. Now I lost your. I lost. You know it's weird. You're. Your headphones kind of cut out, maybe because it was too loud. It gets too loud sometimes. Look. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. get too loud. So uh, that's a reverse brew baker. 
Um, yeah, so she got really sad. I think it's going to take her about a month to take it she's, in. But we're not going to be able to do this. We're not going to be able to do this until, first of all, this federal case that's gone on for two years and just hung over my head for no reason. Um, that still needs to be resolved, and we don't know when that's going to happen. We're hoping in January or something. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that she just didn't... Um, yeah, it's just it's a hard pill to swallow that the best thing might be to leave New York City when we both love the city so much and had always wanted to live there, you know. So that's kind of, um, that's I think where we left it, uh, you know, as I left now and I'll be gone for, um, you know, a week or something like that. Or week, well, like another nine days. And so she... Um, you know, she's just got to she's got to process it. I think that actually, from her initial reaction, we'll see what she says and thinks about it. But from her initial reaction, it feels more like we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure out how we're gonna stay in New York City. I actually told her today. I said, you know, if that's really what you want, then I'll I'll work as hard as I can to try and figure that out. Um, but then I read, you know minutes before the podcast that this that the pandemic is raging it's the most cases of all and that uh if the great lakes are speeding up and these play and that fauci just said today we're headed towards another national lockdown and that will just destroy i mean then i can't do stand-up again it, there's gonna i think there's gonna be one more monster peak and then i i really believe that uh you've been saying this we've all been saying spring. this we've all been saying it's only going to last just a little bit longer. We've been saying that for a year. It's coming up on a year. It'll be a year in February. Mm. We're two months away from us coming up on a year for reals, and it's just has it's it's at its worst. I, I almost almost a year later, it's it's worse than ever before. And and if you look at Italy and Spain, all those places, they were the ones that locked down first, and it's like uh oh, we're headed towards they're back in lockdown. And New York just instituted another curfew where everybody has to be home by 10 o'clock. And you can get takeout and delivery and stuff later than that. But that's just... And what, what Italy is doing right now is curfew is at 6 p.m. Right, I know. But two things have happened that I have, you know, kept saying will happen, and they've started to happen. The statistics on the people that go to the hospital, their mortality rate has gone from 25% to 7%. Yeah, which is great. And that's including and that's including young people. They've factored that in. So that's not just because more young people are getting it, okay? So they know how to treat this better. And I've said this whole time. You've been saying that, that, you've been saying that for the last three years. Yeah, even before the pandemic, I said, yeah, if there but, ever is a pandemic. <laughs> but I keep making this speech that you would not you would not want to get AIDS the first six months that it happened because they didn't know how to treat it as well, and they got better at it, and it's not a death sentence now. Now, I don't know if it'll ever get, um, you know, they'll, they'll make that kind of progress, but they have made progress. They're learning things every month as to how to treat this. So that's number one. Right. So we don't even need to wait for a vaccine to feel more comfortable uh, in public. And number two, eventually they will have a vaccine and they're making great deal of progress on that too. So that's why I think in the next six months, I mean, I'm kind of looking at May. I've already scheduled a few dates in May. I'm going to just, you know. Just hope that that. I think, 
I think I hope that that's the time to get out there. Hopefully, we can work together. I mean, like, we, I've kind of, I, I've kind I, of I, moved on. Point. I didn't want to do this on the podcast, but uh, I'm I'm touring with another guy. Uh, his name is uh, Credit Levi. And oh, uh, I thought it was Smash Smash Fleavy, that, which that guy Smash is a, he's a thorn. He's, he's a thorn in my side. <laughs> thorn in my Smash side. Fleavy. I mean, he's just like he takes all of my ideas. You know, credit credit like, Levi's great. He's kind of doing all this stuff. Uh, he's doing all that stuff. He's just doing all that. Credit Credit Levi does something that's a lot different. He's kind of first of all, you don't you don't have to pay him in cash. He'll take he'll take your word for it. Take credit. Um, he doesn't do a falsetto. He sort of does a oh oh oh. I'm flattered that there are I'm flattered that there are cash levy impersonators. And by the way, you, you're, you know, not, you're saying you're pretty. He's on the other end of the spectrum, and I got to tell you, I like what he does, and I don't like it as much as you. But he is dirt cheap and dirt poor. Yeah, I believe it. Dirt poor because he's it. dirt cheap. I, you know what it I'm is? Just, I pay I'm, him in dirt. That's why he's so look, dirt poor. I knew this was going to happen eventually. I'm the most famous guy on my block. I really am. Really? I and I we live on a three house block, and two of the houses are vacant. So I am the most famous guy, you know, in this little tiny area. It's right. a three house block. Um, so you know, I'm 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 upset that there's a Smash Fleavy out there and a uh, and a Credit Levi, but um, I'm there. also flat. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know I think May, I May is a really good. Uh, that's a hopeful thing. Target. And I do believe it. I do believe actually it's really feel like it's going to be more like twenty twenty two that we really really have think, to back I to do, normal. But, well, I do think we have one more terrible stretch coming up. I really do believe wait, that the, because the, we the haven't winter, experienced the winter. Yeah, because we haven't experienced the winter. Yeah. yeah. Terrible stretch. And by the way, about the winter thing, we've talked about this probably more than almost any other topic on this show, how stupid daylight savings is in terms of losing an hour when it's already the sun's going down earlier in the day. Yeah. And they've done studies now that the people are getting really, they're really worried about how depressed people are going to be because they can't go to the gym. They can't go and sit at you know restaurants indoors and a lot of places that this is going to really compound the problem. And this is a year for our government to step up and be like, we're not doing that this year. And no one did it. Right. Yeah. And like, it is ludicrous that we switch the clocks to a point where we have an hour less daylight when we need it the most. You I'm pick, just going to, I know it keeps you pick really interesting things to zero in on, but you know you have a point. I mean, I'm zeroing on that. I, I zero in on the importance of the Dodger victory. A lot of times with you, uh, you're wrong, but I can't argue with that. You know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name for a book. You're wrong, but I can't argue with that. I'm gonna write that down. That's, uh, that's so funny. You should put it's, that. It's really exciting. I, and I'm not going to doom and gloom. And I know that John Oliver and Bill Maher said, uh, and, you know, they have a few more listeners than 12 and a half. But I think it was important for them to not get doom and gloom about it. And Bill Maher was kind of gloating at the idea of, I told you it wasn't going to leave. And um, no, but he is going to leave. And I, I think Bill Maher, well, so I let think me, that let show, me tell I did you, see. Yeah. So let me tell you. So. 
they're trying to do something more than just raise money to pay off campaign debt and pretend like it's for a lawyer, it's for election fraud. Um, what they're trying to do is um, they're trying to jam the system. And what people kind of won't understand or don't want to understand, and then I think I can't even really trust that my father understands, is that if they can mess with the system long enough that a couple of key battleground states can, by December 8th, say, you know what, this just, we can't, so we're just going to choose two electors, right, to decide, you know, and say what the where the electoral votes go. The people that decide that are the senators from those states, and if those senators are Republicans and they back Trump, then they'll choose electors who will vote for Trump. So that's one back door. And if he doesn't get enough electoral votes, right, to, um, if he doesn't get enough electoral votes uh, to win, right, if he can't quite get to 270, he can still say, I think this should go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court right now, he nominated, what, two or three? Okay, but two two counterpoints. So, so you know, just that those are two ways that nobody is listening to me about where he could get in there and muddle it up and somehow okay. make it so that he wins or retains the presidency. Okay, well, well, two two reasons why I don't think this will happen. Just to, I don't think I'll make you feel better because you've already said that you disagree with me. Um, well, I can't argue. Can't with argue you. with it. <laughs> But uh, the two reasons why I personally don't think this will happen. One, I think this is sort of like a a sports contest, let's say football game, where you score a touchdown and they review the play. And if it's not a concrete, obvious uh, reversal of the call, if they're not sure when they look at the replay, they don't reverse it. Everybody's already in the game's over. Everyone's already in the locker room. Some of the players are going home. You don't call them back onto the field to replay the right. game. The they, they don't like doing that. showing up and yelling fraud and all this stuff. That's a very small contingent in the United States. I would agree with that. You right. know what? But the said. second thing. Right. The yes. second thing. Let me just say I'm the sorry, second I'm thing. Sorry. And I, this go ahead is and say it. I'm sorry. But this is a more important than that even. So I don't think they reverse calls this late. Everyone's already celebrating in the stands, and they've already the fans have already swarmed onto the field. It's hard to get them off the field because they think the call might have been wrong. Number two, though, I don't believe that this administration is organized enough uh, to put together this plan that you've 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 said they might. I mean, I just don't think they're cohesive enough to pull this sort they of thing. They off. are way more organized than anybody knows because of how close the election was. Because how close it was. But here's what I'll say. K8 agrees with you, but she has a different uh, point. And her point is, and that's what she said, America doesn't like sore losers. And if you I, think that's about what it, I've been saying. Yeah. If you think about it, that's she really, stole my has she been talking to has she been talking, she's been talking to, to Credit uh, Levi. To Smash Levy. No, it's credit Levi. Credit Levi. I've been saying that. I've been saying that that's something they don't like. They don't like a sore loser, and it's, this is making him look bad. I actually think the the longer this goes on, the worse he looks, and I think that's good. I think it's good, too, and I think his legacy is, like, really going to be looked back on as, like, the worst of all the presidents. But I will say that Kate's kind of right, that Obama, everybody liked, including, of course, Trump fans, that he gracefully said, okay, I lost, or no, no, uh, Hillary Clinton gracefully said, all right, I lost. She didn't say, oh, that's bullshit, this is rigged. 
And so Kate may be right that, uh, you know, at a certain point, I also read that Sheldon Adelson, the, the win, um, actually your godson's namesake hotels in Las Vegas, um, where I'm going to take him when he turns 21 to get the really nasty stuff, you know, the dirty, dirty stuff. Uh, yeah. they, um, they actually have sort of said that, uh, um, you know, that, <clears throat> that even he said to Trump, look, you got to stop delaying the inevitable here. You know, this is just ridiculous. I'm not going to like every single, run. every single day that this continues makes it less likely anyone's going to consider a second him running again in four years. That's how I feel about it because he's looking worse every single day. And people in four years from now, if he decides he wants to run again, are going to be like, remember that shit that he took the country through because he was pouting about losing and acting like people cheated, even though there was no evidence of it. Every single day this continues, it helps in terms of him not running in four well, years. It's, it's, he, it's embarrassing. He's embarrassing base, himself. He'd be competitive in 2024. But I really believe that the way that he kept relevant um, during the campaign, after he announced for president, during the campaign, uh, up to the primaries, after he won the primary, as the candidate, and then throughout his entire presidency, is he dominates the news cycle by saying crazy shit and doing crazy shit. And I think that by 2024, he'll just have wackos that listen to his One America News thing. And I think everybody will have been like, yeah, that was like four years ago. Like, what's the new shiny thing? And I think they'll be able to come up with a new shiny thing, and I think it's going to be Tucker Carlson. I'm going to call, okay. it, gonna call it right here. I read it somewhere the possibility of it, and I've thought about it from a few different angles, and I think he has a media presence, people love him, he's on Fox News, and he was a close confidant of the president's, and I think that he could, on his own, sort of bring in all the Republicans that are like, ah, Trump's so crazy, but he had a lot of good ideas. Who's like that but isn't crazy, and is still super famous, and it's Tucker Carlson. So I think if he well, wants to run well... I'm hearing whispers, and you, you would be able to speak on this more than I would. But I'm hearing whispers that uh, well, I can't even hear credit leave that that credit Levi is uh, is considering running. Is that the case? Well, I I heard that if credit Levi CBC CC DC <laughs> Fox News CC BCC <laughs> subject line. Uh, I think that uh, I've heard whispers on my end that if credit Levi you know takes the ticket that a Pemberton Buttlesticks will finally enter the race once and for all. And that'll be Pemberton yes. Buttlesticks 2024 going up against the challenger credit Levi. <laughs> um, no, I think that'd be a heck of a that'd race. That'd be a heck of a race. Um, Listen, buddy, we're going to, we got to, we've done just, a lot of politics. I'm hoping this does exactly what it does. And even if you voted for him, you know that Biden is not going to do a bad job with the pandemic. He's not going to do a bad job with the universal health care. He's just not going to do a bad job. And we were all so worried that Trump was going to do a bad job. And he didn't do as bad of a job as you and I were freaked out by. But <clears throat> he did do a terrible job. And the last thing I'll say about this is I, I thought – I really appreciated you saying that, you know, you hoped that the founding fathers would, you know, the system, you have to trust the system. 
And I think right here, right now, we're going to kind of see if the system was set up in a way that they ever could have thought of, okay, there might be a guy who's able to use this electoral college thing against us. So we'll see. We'll see. I just, I hope. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic. And also, let he me might, just say Bill this. Bill Maher said he I, might leave early. He might actually end up saying, I know, I you know. know what? Forget this. You take it. I, you take I it. I'm not even going to be too. the president for all of December. Yeah. There's a way that, you know. Yeah, no, I believe that. really and, you throw know, it and, into disarray. In some ways, he has emotionally already done that. But let me just say, in terms of Biden, he doesn't have to be a great president. I see the president as a figurehead. And all he needs to do is keep sending the message, let's get back together and not divide and be so upset yeah, with each that. other as a country. Uh, he just that. needs to keep sending that message. He's already done it. He doesn't need to be perfect in terms of his policies. We have... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, checks and balances in place where he doesn't need to fix everything, right. well, but he needs to fix our side. psyche. <clears throat> but he's going to also our psyche. Our psyche. Uh, we we need to we need to not be so. We just need to not be so angry with each other and have people riling us up every day. All he needs to do is not tweet every day to make people angry with each other. Everyone's so angry. We need to get this tamped down. We are a great country. Yeah. His Twitter already is, is great. Every day it's something like it's positive, great. good, nice. I think Kamala Harris is great. So I, I have a bright, uh, and this, okay, so, and we'll end with this, uh, or I'll end with this, and, you know, you say what you want to say, but um, what I said to Kate was, yes, it would have been great to be there uh, when they called it for Biden, but um, that would have been great. But the risk was too high that it was going to go the other way, and it really almost did. Not it yeah. wasn't razor thin, but it could have gone the other way. Yeah. And I, now, I said to her, I said to her, when when January fourth comes and Biden gets sworn in, and if he, you're, I said you're not going to fucking believe the party that night. I mean, it's going to be because then he's no longer the president. It's not that he lost, which we all should have celebrated. But then, for reals, we have another president. The president is no longer Donald fucking Trump. Dump, dump, Trump. It's just not a dump Trump. It's a it's he's a dump truck of a Trump. He's a Trump truck. So. You know, I think on January fourth, that swearing in is just going to change a huge amount of the country's psyche in such a positive way. And um, that'll just be, that'll be one of the great, that'll be one of the greatest days of my life and many other people's lives. It really will. Because him getting elected was one of the worst. That was, that was one of the only four times I've ever heard my father cry was the day that he got elected. Well, um, you know, actually, I think you're not including the fifth. It's when he saw my stand-up comedy show.